Greetings, friends, fellow citizens, fellow patriots, and even non-citizens. And welcome to this week's edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the president of the We the People Convention. And this podcast in our website, in our phone app, and our uh, emails and text messages and our travel expenses and our uh, donations to other conservative groups around the country are all paid for by the generous donations of those of you who choose to support our organization. And we thank you all very much for that support. Uh, and if you would like to join them in supporting this organization, you can click on the donate link on this page or just go to wethepeopleconvention.org and click on the donate button. We greatly appreciate your support. We hope that you've had a good week. We're glad that you're back with us. If you're a longtime listener, uh, welcome. Uh, we hope you're doing well. We, uh, for, if you're new to the podcast, uh, thank you for joining us. You will uh, get here this week, as we always do, a recap of the, uh, the news of the week that affects you personally, your individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. That's what this show is about. There's, we're living in insane times uh, where there's lots going on that affects your individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity, and we're going to talk about all of that uh, th in this week's podcast, and then we'll talk about things that maybe you and I can do to help protect and defend our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity, and that of our, our families and our community. So, uh, you know, don't be surprised if we ask you to do some things in defense of liberty in this podcast. You'll see that our flag is still flying upside down. <clears throat> we have been doing that since the Biden regime took control of the U.S. government uh, because it is not a sign of disrespect. It is a, it is a warning to your fellow, uh, to your neighbors and your fellow citizens that, you know, we are in danger uh, from this government and from the communist Chinese uh, of, you know, really of life and property. And nothing could say that louder than the literal invasion that's taking place as I record this podcast on May 13th with Title 42 expiring and tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of illegal Im immigrants being allowed to invade our nation. And we're going to talk about that and what that means to you and to us uh, later here in the podcast. So welcome to all of you who've joined us uh, we always open our podcast by remembering that January 6th, uh, political prisoners who are being held not just in D.C., but other prisons around uh, the nation. We always say a prayer for them. I do have an announcement to make on that uh, uh, in that regard. Um, I, I was in touch with uh, political prisoner Jake Lang again uh, this past week, and uh, we are going to do an interview next week on Wednesday. And so I'll have that for you uh, posted on our website when it's done. Uh, Jake has unfortunately told me that his uh, trial has been delayed again. It was supposed to be in June. Now they've moved it back to October. Ladies and gentlemen, Jake Lang will have been in prison for a thousand days before he gets a chance to defend himself at trial. That's how unjust this is. And that's what's happening to all these political prisoners. And uh, I was very happy, and I'm sure many of you were very happy, to hear President Trump say in the CNN town hall that he would pardon the, a majority 
of the January 6th political prisoners. And uh, everybody went crazy, uh, you know, good, bad, and ugly. But we were very glad to hear that. So let's just say a quick prayer for the political prisoners, their families, and their attorneys, and ask God to, you know, to watch over them and help them navigate this somehow, some way, until we can get justice for them and we can hold accountable the criminals who have illegally done this to our fellow citizens and patriots. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for the donations that I know many of you have made to the political prisoners and for their defense. Uh, they, I know they tell me how much they appreciate it. Uh, we patriots are the ones who've been you know, really fighting for them. And I, and I thank those of you who are members of the We the People Convention organization for your efforts to help them. So let's get on with the, with the news of the week. The big news of the week was the Biden syndicate was exposed uh, documents show millions in foreign payments to Biden family members. This was done in a press conference uh, that was held by um, Congressman, uh, you know, Representative Comer and his committee uh, on Wednesday. This was a big deal. And, um, and as you know, almost no one covered it. Uh, what happened at this event? Uh, the House Oversight and Accountability Committee on Wednesday directly challenged President Joe Biden's claims about his family's overseas business deals, providing fresh evidence son Hunter Biden got money directly from China and was involved in a business deal with a Romanian figure accused of corruption. The information also appears to show the first son helped arrange for one of his foreign business associates to meet with his uh, father's vice presidential with his father in his vice presidential office. The committee has uncovered evidence uh, indicates of influence peddling and financial deception, warning further investigation and legislative solutions, Comer's panel wrote in a 36-page report. For example, the report provided fresh details on a series of transactions between 2015 and 2017 with a Romanian businessman named Gabriel Pafichu, whom the committee said was charged and convicted by Romanian prosecutors with bribery-related offenses. The money stopped flowing from the, from the Romanian national soon after Joe Biden leaves the vice president, Comer said during a news conference Wednesday. This is a pattern of influence peddling. In the uh, press conference, they basically laid out that there were like 27 different LLCs that were used to launder uh, money that over $10 million flowed to, uh, from China and Romania to Biden family members. And they named like 12 Biden family members, including a granddaughter. And so, you know, this is money laundering. And I want to play I, 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 on our website, I'll show you where you can hear the entire, you know, 41 minute, you know, press conference, which you are, excuse me, 51 minutes. You need to hear that. But I'm just going to play you this quick clip from uh, Representative Donald from Florida, which will give you some idea of what happened. One quick note, it's interesting that the Department of Justice has been investigating Hunter Biden for quite some time. And we seem to just never really get anywhere. And so I think that's also interesting as well. I wonder what's going on at the Department of Justice. Uh, but that being said, the bottom line is there is no real business here. None. And let me also say this, because I know there are many in this room who wanted to go down all the various um, 
schemes that our colleagues on the other side of the aisle accused the former president of, be very clear. The former president actually had a business, very big business. You could say it was his name. You could say it was his buildings. You could say it was wine. You could say it was branding. You could say it was The Apprentice. But he had a very big and legitimate business, which everybody in this room clearly knows and understands and can point to and say, ah, that's the thing, that thing over there. Joe Biden has no business except his position in politics. And it is the requirement of this committee to investigate that. We're going to continue to do that, and we're going to let the facts speak for themselves. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. So... You know, that's basically, you know, the media is trying to claim, oh, you know, you know, there's nothing illegal here. Well, why are these foreign governments paying the Biden family, you know, this money? And why do they have to have all these different LLCs to, uh, to launder the money through if it was legal? And if the Bidens were in, in a real business, if they were doing something for that money, why, why haven't they said that? The answer is they're guilty of sin. And, and you know, it, it was just outrageous that this was probably the biggest scandal in American presidential history being laid out for the public, and only Fox News covered it and end. Only Fox News. Newsmax only covered part of it. So we were outraged, and we sent out a press release. And uh, many of you got that press release and shared it, and uh, we greatly appreciate that because I think you know what we had to say was important to say. And and I'm going to read that to you right now. It's pretty short, so let's get to it. U.S. media shame themselves and betray U.S. citizens with blackout of Biden family corruption House press conference. Tom Zawistowski, president of the Tea Party-affiliated We the People Convention, called out the shameful actions of the U.S. broadcast media companies for their nearly total blackout of the U.S. House press conference, disclosing bankrupters and other evidence showing a decades-long influence peddling scheme implemented by then-Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden with China and Romania that resulted in the Biden family taking $10 million in bribes in exchange for changes to U.S. policy. One cable channel, Fox News, covered the event in total, while cable channel Newsmax covered part of the event. ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, and C-SPAN not only did not cover the event, but instead, several of them acted in a blatantly political manner to protect President Joe Biden and distract the attention of the American people for perhaps the biggest scandal and crime in American presidential history. CNN and others instead covered the minor indictment of Republican Congressman George Santos, which just coincidentally was released the morning of the press conference. Think that was an accident? Uh, uh, happened today. Well, MSNBC pro provided that it is simply an arm of the Democratic Party by having Jean Carroll who was found by a jury to have lied about her accusations of rape against former President Trump just yesterday, the day before the press conference, and they had her on the show at the same time of the press conference. Sawasasi commented, so the media wonders why their audience is disappearing when they so blatantly lie by omission and not covering the biggest crime story in American history? 
They wonder why 66% of Americans do not trust the media to report the news fully accurately and fairly. That's a Pew poll that I linked to. When they not only don't report the news, but instead participate in government propaganda to protect the corruption and lawlessness of the U.S. government. Shame on all of these corrupt corporations and everyone who works for them. Shame on everyone who watches them. And shame on every advertiser who buys ads from them. They have forgotten what patriots have not. That the U.S. Constitution provides important protections for the media in the First Amendment in exchange for the media doing the critical job of accurately informing the public and keeping in check political power by exposing corruption, not covering it up. The premeditated actions today by the broadcast media betrays that trust and exposes how corrupt they themselves have become. Their own actions prove that they no longer deserve these constitutional protections. Fortunately, we the people have stopped believing in the government media a long time ago and have created our own parallel media, which does inform the public and truthfully reports the news and holds the government accountable. Members of the public can watch the entire 51-minute press conference here online. Additional coverage will be provided by the We the People website. Okay? So that's what we did. And what you guys did is you shared that. Um, And I've asked you. I keep saying, you know, we're on social media. We're back on Twitter now. and, And... and it's important when you share the things that we do because it magnifies our voice. And 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 so I, and I can tell you shared it because when I send out a text or an email, the response is pretty immediate. You know, not everybody replies, you know, clicks on the email right away or the text right away, but a lot of people do. So when I send out a text or an email, I can see you guys coming in and looking at it right away. But when you're sharing it, I see that there's this like echo that goes for days. The people keep coming to that story, even though we're not doing anything at the We The People Convention to promote it. So here's here's a you know big thank you to you guys. This is a report that I get from this company called Meltwater that we pay to send out the press release, and then they help us monitor it. And here's like uh, Felicia from sunny Florida who shared it to 5,000 people. Ultra Mega uh, shared it. To four thousand people, um, you know, Kim Tomsky uh, on Twitter shared it with eight hundred one people. The Washington Examiner picked up our release. Paul Bedard, uh, you know, covered it, and and it was great because they reached five million people. So our story, our voice, reached five million people. And so you guys did this, you know, on uh, Facebook, and I'm sure you did it on Gab and Getter and and you know, MeWe and other things too. I want you to know how important that is because, listen, here's what they did, folks. They, they blacked this out. They don't want people to know that the evidence is there of the Biden family corruption. corruption. And so it's up to us. And in the press release, it says the whole 51 minutes is available at our website. Well, if you go to that you know press release on our website at the bottom, you'll see the whole press conference. It is critical for you to share that with everyone you know, regardless of their political position. You, you can send the link and say, hey, I know we don't always agree on politics, but they're trying to cover this up from you. It's, it's a fact. Go here and read how they intentionally are trying to keep this from you. Maybe you ought to watch it. Make sense? Because this show 
is part of that parallel media that is fighting the state control of media. And so we have to play our part. You have to share that video. That's my big ask for you this week. To, to go to this website, the We the People Convention.org, go to the press release. There's, you know, there's uh, ways on the, there's little buttons that you can link to to forward it as an SMS, as a text message, or as an email, or to share the link on social media. Your fellow citizens need to see this. Joe Biden is a criminal. Now, my one criticism is that Comer and these guys laid it out. We have bank records. We subpoenaed the bank records you know, of, of these LLCs. We've identified the LLCs. We've identified the bank records. We see the money going from China to this uh, Chinese agent, to these LLCs, to the Biden family. But you know what they didn't do? They gave you a 36-page report, which you can get on our website, but they didn't give you the evidence. I want to see the bank documents. I want to see the LLCs. They didn't release that. And this that gave the left the ability, some clown in New York Times of the press conference, they didn't cover it except to say, Republicans once again prove they have no evidence of Biden family corruption. That was the headline. And people you know are hearing that. Now, if you listen to the press conference, you, you'll hear plenty of evidence. You'll believe that there's plenty of evidence. I just wish the hell they would release it. Now, they're not done. Understand me. They're not done. The, the, there's more to come. This is a preliminary report. They're saying that there's been money that came from like 17 other countries. So there's way more to come. But damn it, Comer. Release the receipts. You gotta, you, you gotta go for the juggler. You can't just, you know, be like the damn Democrats and make accusations and not back it up. Very disturbing. The other thing that was very disturbing was this: we had talked to you uh, in the previous podcast about that the, the there was this document that the House had been told about from a whistleblower and. They basically, this document flat out shows an illegal bribe by a foreign national to Joe Biden in which he actually did something with our federal government to benefit this foreign national because of the bribe. So, uh, you know, the, uh, the House subpoenaed this document and the FBI refused to provide Congress with an informant file allegedly exposing bribes President Joe Biden took while serving as vice president, the New York Post reports. Republican Kentucky uh, Representative James Comer, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, served the FBI with a subpoena to turn over the document by Wednesday at noon, and they did not. Instead, they sent a six-page letter. Now, Comer points out they didn't deny it exists, okay? They didn't deny that the document that Congress wants exists. They came up with these six pages of nonsense about uh, classified human you know, uh, resources and stuff and how they have to protect them, and so they can't give it to Congress. So Comer and Jordan are now talking about doing something with where they uh, put financial penalties on the FBI till they cough it up. But that's, that's a bad sign, folks. This is our FBI. They supposedly work for us who will not participate in a criminal investigation of the President of the United States. 
for political reasons. There's no other reason. This document's not even classified. They're not releasing it because they're corrupt. That's the only that's the only thing you can look at. So, you know, in the midst of, of that, all right, the greatest scandal in the history of America being ignored by the media, we have this, you know, this immigration collapse. And the House Republicans passed on Thursday a bill, uh, you know, an immigration bill, because the left keeps saying, well, you know, the reason we're letting all these people in is because our immigration laws are just totally confusing and, and, uh, you know, and we, we, we need immigration reform. Understand, when they say we need immigration reform, to the left, that means we want amnesty for all illegals. That's what they mean. They don't want immigration reform. We have immigration policy that works. And many of you probably saw the Ted Cruz uh, video on the border talking about how, you know, the Biden administration wants to pretend that, you know, this system's been broke for a long time. It's not our fault. These people are coming in. And Ted Cruz says, yeah, look at the stats. We have laws. We had the lowest illegal immigration into our country in 45 years the last year of Donald J. Trump. And now we've got this literal invasion of our country. But the bill passed by the Republicans was a smart political move because you take away their ability to say, well, you haven't fixed it. Why are you criticizing us? Now the ball's in their court. The U.S. House of Representatives on Thursday approved Republican legislation intended to stop immigration, immigrants and illegal drugs crossing the nation's southwestern uh, border with Mexico, leaving it to the Senate to attempt a broader bipartisan immigration bill. The package, which Democrats have warned will be blocked in the Senate, would set tight limits on asylum seekers and require them to apply for U.S. protection outside the country, um, as Trump had done, right? If you leave you know, Guatemala, because you've, you've been, you need amnesty. When you get to Mexico, you need to ask for amnesty in Mexico, not in the United States. Anyway, it would also resume construction of the wall along the border and expand federal law enforcement efforts. The House voted 219 to 213 to pass the bill with no Democrats in favor and one Republican opposed. The key component of this bill is where we say, if you come to our country, you will get to, according to the law, file your asylum claim, but you will be detained or you will be returned while your claim is adjudicated, said House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan. Meaning, what they're doing now is you come to the border, they take your name and address or your name and whatever, and then they just release you into the country and say, uh, three years from now, you have to show up in court to have your claim assessed. What Trump said is, no, 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 no. You go back to Mexico. You go back to your country. We got your claim. We'll adjudicate it. If you get in, we'll let you know. That's what this basically reinstates. This bill serves as a, uh, and then the Democrats basically said, this bill serves as a wholesale ban on asylum. No one would be able to seek asylum in the United States if they crossed between ports or of entry, or if they had or could have even temporary status in third world country. Well, no kidding. If you want asylum, Come to the ports of entry where we can process you. But if you cross the border in an unguarded you know, area or whatever, you're a criminal. You're a criminal, Democrats. But that's the bottom line. That you know, they want these people to come in. And we're going to talk more about that. But you know, Biden even was forced, as Title 42 
was expiring and this, this whole fiasco was unfolding, he had to uh, revive a Trump-era policy which limits asylum eligibility ahead of the Title 42 ex, uh, expiration. The Biden administration stated on May 10th that it has rolled out a new regulation to coincide with the end of Title 42, under which many people who plan to illegally cross the southern border will be rendered ineligible for asylum. Under the finalized rule, which essentially brings back a Trump-era travel policy, illegal immigrants will be disqualified from applying for asylum in the United States if they didn't first seek protection in countries that they traveled through on their way to the United States with limited exceptions. So there we go. That's part of the key to doing this. It will take as soon as the Title 42 public health order ends on May 11th, along with a national emergency declaration over the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's you know, that's the point. The, the Biden is just completely trapped by his own policies, okay? And what's going on is like New York City and Chicago declared state of emergencies because they know these people are going to end up in Chicago and, and everywhere. They're going to end up in your community. And what's it all about, folks? It's all about this, that we can replace them. This is the New York Times story that ran October 29th, 2018, and basically said what the Democrats will deny. They call this a conspiracy theory. You know, Tucker Carlson brought it out, and they went nuts. What they're trying to do with all these immigrants is to so water down the votes of the middle class that they can control us. That's what this is for. This is to get votes, period. We can displace you. And that's why we have to deport every one of these SOBs, every one, women, children, all of it, once we regain power. That's the bottom line. It's up to us to act. And again, you know, many of you were you know, talking last week, and you know, I was defending Ron DeSantis because some of you are saying he's not conservative. But here's Ron DeSantis, acts ahead of Title 42's end to protect Florida. And this is just a quick story. Um, With a federal change expected to lead to a surge in migrants across the country's southern border, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a controversial bill that targets illegal immigration. The bill, which the Republican-controlled legislator passed during his session that ended last week, includes stepping up requirements on businesses to check the immigration status of workers, cracking down on people who bring undocumented immigrants into Florida, and collecting data about whether hostile patients are in the country illegally. It's, it's a series of steps that DeSantis and other Republican leaders have taken in recent years aimed at undocumented immigrants, okay? Now, as I say to all you guys, what did your Republican governor do? What did Mike DeWine in Ohio do to protect us from these people? They're talking 700,000 people coming in. That's bigger than any of Ohio's cities, Cincinnati, Columbus, or Cleveland, Right? They're not all coming to Ohio, but I'm saying they're coming to every state. What is our governor doing? Not a damn thing. But Ron DeSantis, right away, he takes action. That's big, folks. That's an important deal. So we need to keep our perspective because things, you know, are not always what they seem. And and as as we've talked about, you know, as DeSantis, you know, acted on immigration last week. Our big story was the poll that we did with Rasmussen that showed that the best chance of us winning 
election in 2024 and taking back the White House is a combination ticket of Ron De- uh, Donald Trump as president and Ron DeSantis as vice president. It's just that simple. And we published our poll, and, and, and the poll basically you know, says that a Trump-DeSantis ticket wins 51% of the vote. There is no poll anywhere that shows either Trump or DeSantis winning 51% of the vote by themselves, regardless of who their vice president is. This is a big deal. Our poll also showed that Trump DeSantis ticket would beat a Biden ticket, Biden Kamala Harris ticket by 8%. That's a big deal. And as I said in our press release, you know, which you can get at our website and you should share it, um, it says that, you know, it, if you combine those two, 5% more independent voters, 4% more men uh, it move to the ticket than if they run by themselves. Every category, age category, racial category, went up for a, a Trump DeSantis ticket than, rather than them running by themselves. So we think this is what we have to do. And last week, I asked you guys to, to write letters about this that we could use in ads to push the whole idea of Trump and DeSantis. Because you know, the bottom line is, how do we convince them to do this? And it's going to be really hard. It's, I'm going to talk about that now. But I want to thank those of you who did send letters and encourage more of you to send letters. I got quite a few letters that were very heartfelt. And some of you made some points that we didn't even think about. And that's what we need. And so we're really trying to, you know, to do what we can to promote this. Now, our friend Larry Ward, who's our partner in this, was on One America News and did a nice job. This is just a short clip. Here's what he had to say. Look, I couldn't ask for better results. You know, we've been sponsoring the WeWantDonRon.com initiative to bring, to bring the unity ticket, to bring DeSantis and Trump together. And, you know, we ran the poll to see, look, are we right? We want to see what the American people uh, think. The results were fantastic. First of all, they were great for Donald Trump. Our poll had Trump up uh, seven points. It was 40, uh, 48 to 41 head to head with Biden, which is a fantastic number for Donald Trump. But if you pair him with Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, it jumps to 51-43. What that means is Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis can win the popular vote today. There has been no Republican president in about 20 years who have won the popular vote. So if we win the popular vote, it would be a landslide, a landslide across the country and so, you know, that, that whole video, it's, it's not a long, it's like a 15-minute video, is at you know, our website on the press release page. You'll see that video, and you'll see also the guy from Rasmussen going through the poll data to show why this makes sense. And then you'll see a video from me making the case for the, you know, Don Ron ticket, okay? And so I've asked you guys to go to this website, and, and sign the petition, donron.us, and, and sign the petition and get other people to do so so that we can show President Trump and, uh, and Ron Governor DeSantis you know, why this is important that we, and that you want it. And we're making other efforts. Now, I mean, I just got to tell you guys that this is going to be really hard. Uh, there was just an article in Politico 
uh, this week. And Politico is not our friend. They're, they're, they're the enemy. And I hate the fact that the DeSantis people brought in Politico to go into a, a big meeting to see what they're doing to win. And why DeSantis' brain trust thinks it can actually beat Trump. This whole article. And, and I'll tell you what it says. It says what many of you have been writing to me about. That is that, you know, the DeSantis is being backed by all the people we hate. The Bushes, the Karl Rose, the, you know, the deep state, uh, you know, the Murdochs, the, the, you know, the Ted Cruz's old people. When you read that article, Politico, I, I know these people. These are the same morons who ran the Romney campaign and ran the McCain campaign. Folks, here's the problem. Our friend at Conservative Treehouse, Sundance, had a story. They're going to spend $500 million to trash Trump, to win the primary. We can't afford that. And you know Trump is going to just give it about as much as they do. He's not going to have that kind of money to run commercials. But we're going to have a bloodbath on our hands. For no reason. And, and here's why. Look, look at this poll right here. This is a poll of Florida. Florida election. Okay? Look at this poll. In his own state, where he's a very popular governor, Ron DeSantis isn't beating Donald Trump. Trump, 42%. DeSantis, 34%. Rasami, you know, Vivek Rasami from Ohio is 2%, along with Haley and Pence. Trump is beating DeSantis by 8% in Florida. How the hell is he going to beat Trump nationally if he can't win his own state? Then that's not, the people in Florida love him. But they love President Trump more. And as you'll see later when I talk about the CNN town hall, you'll understand why that is. So Ron DeSantis needs to run with Donald Trump, and we've got our work cut out for us because the people back on Ron DeSantis, they want to stop Trump, but that means they want to stop you and me. They want to stop us. They want to stop MAGA. They want to stop the you know, America First agenda. So they'll give all the money, and I've heard they'll spend as much as a billion dollars or maybe $2 billion to defeat Trump, but they aren't going to care about winning and defeating Biden. That's the problem. And when you read that political article, you hear it loud and clear. The people behind DeSantis are the old you know, country club rhino Republicans who didn't like the fact that Trump you know, won, and the, it's the moneyed people. And Ron DeSantis needs to wake up because that ain't going to get it done. That's not going to get it done. Now, the other part of this, and I do not want you to forget this, is this Project 2025. Whether we can get DeSantis and Trump to run together or not, I don't know. But I do know that whoever wins, God willing, that we can win the White House in 2024 is going to need the staff to implement the America First agenda. And that's his Project 2025. And I told you that I'm committing our organization to make this Project 2025 work. Now, I have good news. 
Because my other question was, not only can I get, can we get DeSantis and Trump to run together, but would they then accept the people that we're going to recruit to go through the Project 2025 training and vetting if we elect the president, are they going to appoint these people? I mean, what, what sense would it make for you and I to spend our time, effort, and money recruiting people who are great patriots, who maybe be good in the agriculture department, or the, uh, the uh, SEC, or the Small Business Administration, or the VA, for us to recruit and vet and train those people only to win the election and have them not be appointed? I can't let that happen. So we've been doing our research, and we found out that the guys that are running Project 25 are all the Trump people. Uh, Paul Dance, former chief of staff of the Office of Personnel and Management under during the Trump administration, serves as the director of the 2025 Presidential Transition Pro- Project. Spencer Creighton, former special assistant to the president and associate director of the Presidential Personnel Department, serves as associate director of the project. Here's these two guys. They worked for Trump. The Trump people are doing this. President Trump is committed. I am being given assurances that President Trump is all over this. Even more reason for a Trump to Santa's ticket. Because all the ducks are in a row. And on the 24th of May, uh, We the People Convention is going to be working with some of our uh, friends and allies here in Ohio. And we're going to have a Zoom call with the leaders in Ohio to kind of flush out the process. How do you onboard these people into this Project 25? How do we how do we recruit them? How do we say, okay, if you're interested, do this, that, and the other thing? Well, that's what we're going to work out on the 24th of March of May on a Zoom call, and then we'll start to reach out, and they want to do this in all 50 states. So if you're interested in having one of these calls in your state, other than Ohio, write to me. Let me help set that up. I'll be on the call for your state. It is our job, the American people, to find these 4,100 people who are going to represent our interests in the next conservative uh, administration. It's our job. There is no politician I can trust to do this. Because as I said to you last week, with Project 2025, this isn't like... Let's appoint people who are there to uh, self-aggrandize, to give themselves a leg up to run for office or something. No, no, no. We're looking for patriots who are going to go there and do what's right, regardless of what the left does or says or does to them. This is the fight. This is why we can't just have four years of Trump. We need four years of Trump, followed by eight years of DeSantis, to drive the commies out of our country and out of this world to defeat them at every level, economically, socially, militarily, however you want to do it. The war is against communism. This is how we fight that war, and you got to build your army. Okay? That's what Project 2025 is. Now, the other thing I want to address, because it couldn't be any clearer than this, Many of you have said, oh, you know, Trump's uh, or DeSantis is a rhino or DeSantis is not a, a real patriot and all that, which I've tried to explain to you guys. Yeah, look at his record, man. There's nobody with a record 
like Ron DeSantis. Nobody in the country has done more conservative stuff than Ron DeSantis. But you guys are saying he should run with RFK, okay, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Really? Yeah, here's what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. had to say this week. He said, just to quell any speculation, under no circumstances in all caps, will I join Donald Trump on an electoral ticket. Our positions on certain fundamental issues, our approaches to governance, and our philosophies of leadership could not be further apart. Hear, hear. You bet. That's what I've been telling you guys. Just because you agree with him on COVID, this guy's uh, as far left as you can go on the environment, on social issues. You want him to be the vice president and then be president after Trump? No. Case closed. That's done. Let's get to work convincing DeSantis and Trump to run together and then filling those positions in Project 2025. Before we go to the break, I want to just uh, follow up with one important story. And you're gonna, I'm going to ask you to work hard in this story because it really makes me angry, really makes me angry. This is Janet Yellen, and she's out there trying to scare you. This is, this is pure fear-mongering. This story in the Epoch Times, your Social Security checks would be impacted soon, and here's why. That is absolute bull. That's horse hockey. That's crap. Okay? Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warned that if the United States defaults on its obligations amid a congressional impact over raising the debt ceiling, Social Security payments could be interrupted. Pure fear-mongering. Not true. Treasury finds itself in a position where we're unable to pay all the bills that come due that day. Then this would really be the first time in the history of America that we would fail to make payments that are due. Yellen told ABC News earlier this week. And you know, whether it's defaulting on interest payments that are due on the debt or payments due for Social Security recipients or to Medicare providers, we would simply not have enough cash to meet all of our obligations. There's the weasel word. There's the weasel word. Because you don't have to meet all of your obligations, Janet. Guess what? We're bringing in $4.9 trillion. The government is taking 18% of our GDP, of your money, through taxes on everything you can name. You know, sales taxes, you know, corporate taxes, whatever it is. They're bringing $4.9 trillion. Well, guess what? Social Security, Medicare, all the the, uh, mandatory spending that they always talk about, that most of the budget is mandatory spending, is $4.1 trillion. The military is like another $800 billion. So you're still under the $4.9 trillion. And the debt's only $350 billion only. It's $350 billion. The fact of the matter is, Everything that is mandatory, Janet, dear, you can pay. You've got the money. What you won't pay, what you won't be able to pay is the $10 billion to the EPA for environmental justice. She's lying. You, the listeners to this show, must tell every senior you know that when they hear this lie, that it is a lie. Send them to this podcast. I will link this, you know, I won't link this story. 
I will link the story in our in our in our podcast page, as you'll see shortly. But the point is, in that story, she's just lying to you. She's fear mongering. I just gave you the facts. They don't have to stop sending social security checks. If you don't get your social security check, you know who to blame. It's Joe Biden and the Democrat left because they're going to do that intentionally to hurt you to try to get you to go after the Republicans and get them the cave. See? But they're the ones hurting you, not the Republicans. Now, I still don't think it's even going to happen because the Republicans, they played the Trump card. They literally, by passing a debt ceiling package, they put Biden and and Schumer in the Senate in a position where they got a deal. Now, they postponed... You know, they're negotiating. They met once this week, and they postponed it till next week. But my understanding is there's talk going on, and we're going to get some of the things we want in exchange for raising the debt ceiling. So have faith. They ain't touching your Social Security, all right? They ain't touching my Social Security. This is a lie. You've got to expose it ahead of time and talk to every senior you know and make sure they understand that. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, You've been listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And we'll be back after these short messages. My name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. When you're playing a video, including our podcast, you'll see this little cloud button. And if you click it, it'll actually download the, po- the video to your hard disk. And this works on our podcast page as well. If, you, if you're playing our podcast, and it's going to be loud, so I won't play it for much, but there's our podcast playing, and you can see this little you know, download button. Okay. The other thing you got to notice on our podcast page is that there's a link here where you can send me a message about this podcast. Hey, it was great. Hey, I didn't like it. What, you know, something was wrong, or here's a correction, that kind of thing. You can use that link. And then these are the stories that I covered in this particular podcast. And you'll see there's links that go to the stories, that, to the articles that I used in reporting on that. So you can, you can click on that. Um, you'll also see that um, you can sign up for our emails and text messages, but you can also watch our podcast on Roku TV and on Amazon Fire TV. And these are the instructions for doing that. So this is all on our, our podcast page, right? Right on the front page where the yellow button was. So if you click there, you know, this is our podcast page. These are the instructions for watching on Roku TV or Amazon Fire. And I watch our podcast on TV. It just feels more comfortable. Uh, so you can do that. We're also on Rumble. Uh, if you go to Rumble, uh, you should join Rumble. Uh, and, you know, it's Tom Z at WTPC. You'll see our podcast there. So you can get us a lot of different ways, including on Apple iTunes. And then this is an audio uh, version of our podcast. If you click here, it'll just play the audio 
of the podcast. It will not, uh, you know, uh, you know, show you the video. So people can, you know, listen to that while they're jogging or, you know, working out, working in the yard, or just relaxing and just want to listen to the audio and not watch the video. And again, this is available on phone, on your iPad, on your laptop, on your computer, any way you want. And you can share you know, this, this, you know, whatever you see, if you're on a page that you, you know, you really like and, you know, you see an article that you think, geez, I've got to share this article, you know, with uh, someone in my family, you can send them an email by clicking on the little envelope. You can uh, post it on Parler or MeWe. If you click on this, you get all kinds of options, you know, where you can put it on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, which we don't support, but uh, you can do whatever you want. So, so we ask that you share what uh, you see on our We the People convention site and that um, you get more people to look at it because uh, that's the whole idea here, to help uh, educate people, inform them. And then, as I said uh, before, Link, we're not just about talk, we're about action. And in my podcast every week, uh, which is published every Saturday, so if you, you know, the new podcast usually comes out every Saturday. And in that podcast, I will ask you to do certain things that will help protect and defend your individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. So that's the We The People Convention website. Come back often, use it uh, to be informed, be informed, and uh, share it with others. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. All right. So first of all, you know, thank you again to those who donate. Second of all, understand we know that not everyone can donate. It is equally important for you to do two other things. The first is to share this podcast and our website and our emails and our texts with everyone you know. Because as we're learning with Tucker now gone at Fox, and there's going to be some news about that here in a second, a few minutes, is, uh, is that we are the new media. If you want to know what's going on in the world, I think you would agree that what you heard in the first half of the podcast and what you're going to hear in the second half is better news coverage than you can get anywhere else. That's what you guys tell me all the time. So the second thing is to tell everyone about us. Second of all, the, and really important, is to act on what we've, we've suggested you do. When I say make sure that you tell everyone to watch that press conference that the House put on about Joe Biden, you're doing that saves our country. It's going to make the 2024 election because it's only through us fighting through the, the, the censorship. You know, I just showed in our press release, they intentionally tried to distract the people you know by providing alternative coverage to the press conference because they don't want you to see the evidence. You must make sure you see it. Okay? So three things. Thanks for donating. Thanks for telling people about this. And thanks for doing what I ask you to do. Because that's how we win. And folks, we better damn well win. Because everything you've got in your life is at stake. Literally. I'm not kidding. Your finances, your liberty, everything is at stake. We've got to win in 2024. And so Project 2025 ain't no joke. That's something I'm going to commit my life to. And I'm asking you to commit to. We're at war. No more fooling around. We got important things to do. 
And so I greatly appreciate you guys watching this podcast and, and helping, you know, to get this message out. And don't forget, you can download our, our, our phone app at the Google uh, Store or the Apple Store at uh, uh, WTPC Convention is our app. Because then I can send you notifications on our app. Really appreciate you doing that. All right. Now, let's get on with the show. Uh, the big other news this week was the CNN Town Hall. Video, Excuse me. The CNN Town Hall, okay, which was... Uh, which is an amazing show, an amazing show. If you didn't get to see it, uh, there are, I have links that you know, I'll, I'll give you to see it. But let me just play a couple clips because Trump was triumphant. And this CNN got 3.3 million viewers of this town hall in New Hampshire with Donald Trump. And their anchors, the, the lefty media, the CNN viewers trashed CNN for giving Trump the forum that they gave him because he just dominated. Watch this answer about January 6th. Oh, hold on, let me get there. Here we go. Into the Capitol, smashing windows, injuring police officers. Why did you? Why did it take you three hours to tell them to go home? I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have to pull it out. <laughs> So, so if you look at on January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Stay peaceful. This was the day before, and this was in the form of Twitter. Now use truth, truth social. I think it's far superior, okay? I hope everybody's on I hope everybody's on truth. Uh, if you look, January 6th, just at 2, before 2.30, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. This is right after, as it was happening. But what happened is they took it down. I don't know why. I think they took it down because it was so good. They didn't like it being up there. I am asking, this is, and we didn't know until I got it back, because now I have 90 million people waiting for me to go back, but I'm on truth and I'm staying on truth. Listen, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violation. It's, we want no violation. We want no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. That was at 2.30. That was very early. Mr. President, I looked at the same timeline that you did. Once no, I know, but you clear, didn't report that. You know why? Because it was We did report down. it. I, I, See? There she is. She's trying to counter. And the whole problem with this process was that this woman was trying to debate Donald Trump. You have no chance. He just destroyed her, all right? And then what he's saying is, I put this tweet out saying, at 2.30, saying, be peaceful. We respect our, our you know, officers, law enforcement. And Twitter took it down. And then they claimed he didn't do anything. Caught them in a lie. And you got to love him. Pulling out the documents. It was awesome. It was unbelievable. Here he is talking about Ukraine, all right? And this was, this was also a good answer. I'll meet with Putin, I'll meet with Zelensky. They both have weaknesses and they both have strengths. And within 24 hours, that war will be settled. It'll be over. It'll be absolutely over. Do you over. want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this, this country. Yeah. What do you, can I just 
want Ukraine to win. You, you know what I'll say? I'll say this. I want Europe to put up more money because they're in for 20 billion. We're in for 170. And they should be and they should equalize. They have plenty of money. They should equalize. OK, so he said he had a great they tried to trap him. Do you want Russia or Ukraine to win? And his answer was, I want to stop the killing. Brilliant answer. He was on fire, just absolutely on fire. And just and then he was so impressive that Dan Bongino the next day on his podcast endorsed Trump, even though he lives in Florida, loves DeSantis. He endorsed Trump. He just said, it's over. Don't have a primary. This is the guy. This is who I want to go to war with. That's how you and I feel. But we also know that we need DeSantis because who's he going to name as VP that we want to be president after he's done? I don't want anybody but DeSantis. That's why we're doing what we're doing. But the whole thing you know, was this week was also about this. you got to love this. This is the jury trial that the woman that accused Trump of rape like 40 years ago, which is she's being funded by a Democrat billionaire who, founded, who helped founded LinkedIn, okay, is funding her just to trash Trump. There's no way that this happened. And so what happened? The jury in New York, a totally biased jury, found Trump innocent of rape. Then they inexplicably say, but he was guilty of, uh, of sexual abuse. He didn't rape her. She can't even name the day it happened, when it happened. She has no recollection of when it happened, but he raped me. They award them $5 million, they award this woman, for Donald Trump sexually abuse her. It's insane. And uh, Trump announced he's appealing. But what were the headlines? What were the headlines? Jury finds Trump liable for sexual assault in Carroll lawsuit. But they also rejected her claim of rape. The headline for any normal person would be Trump exonerated from rape charge. No, no. They're so dishonest. These people are so despicable. That's what they're doing. And that's what Trump is, is fighting against. But you know what? What he showed on the CNN town hall is he can fight against it. They've been trying to get him since 2015. It's 2023. He's still standing. They can't believe it. Here's another story. Same kind of thing, right? This is Georgia. This is uh, defense attorneys alleged massive misconduct and Georgia's crumbling get Trump crusade. This is another big story where they keep saying, well, Alvin Bragg is, is, is charging Trump with, you know, election, you know, interference when he, because he paid off Stormy Daniels. And that's a bogus, you know, uh, uh, thing. This woman saying he raped her, that's bogus. Now in Georgia, they're saying, here's another problem. Uh, Trump's going to be indicted in Georgia for interfering with the election. Listen to this. At least eight Trump electors have accepted immunity in the Georgia investigation, headlines uniformly blared on Friday. The legacy outlets echoing that narrative, however, buried the lead, which is that Fulton County's Get Trump District Attorney can't even find incriminating evidence against the former president when she grants immunity to targets of her criminal investigation. A strong secondary story, also ignored or downplayed by the left-wing media, reveals multiple incidents of alleged misconduct by the DA's office. Okay? So this radical leftist DA in Fulton County is trying to indict Trump for election interference 
because of the phone call he had with the state's attorney, uh, state secretary of state of Georgia during the election, where Trump said, you need to find these votes. He didn't say manufacture, create, do anything illegal. He said, this was the count is wrong. You need to find the missing votes. Alan Dershowitz has said they can't convict him. That's a totally legitimate statement. There's nothing illegal about that. But she's trying to. So she's offered immunity to these uh, eight Trump electors who so she's claiming that Trump you know, is, is, you know, used them to do election fraud. And even with immunity, they got no evidence. It's a total fraud. It ain't going to happen. But they're still trying to do it. Why? To lie to you, to influence you, to lie to the American public. And we are exposing it. And that's why you watch this show. Now, this shows you how bad these people are and what we're facing. This is awesome. This is awful, folks. It's awful. Minnesota's new election legislation criminalizes what officials deem misinformation. This just has to be fought. I don't know how, but it just needs to be fought. Listen to this. Among the changes found in Minnesota's new election legislation package, signed into law on Friday by Democratic Governor Tim Waltz, is a gross misdemeanor penalty for those who spread what officials can deem misinformation about elections. Gross misdemeanors are considered harsher than regular misdemeanors and carry jail time of up to a year and fines. According to the bill, civil action can be brought against anyone who violates this law within 60 days of an election. Under subhead two of the section titled Intimidation and Interference with the Voting Process Penalties, the law is called Deceptive Practices, which prohibits information to be transmitted that, one, intends to impede or prevent another person from exercising the right to vote, and two, knows to be material false. The courts have found that's free speech. But now we saw that guy who created the meme get convicted, and he's appealing, and we asked you guys to donate to him. I think his name was Holly. Um, you know, yeah, I think it was Holly. We, we sent money to him because this is free speech that they're trying to eliminate here. Uh, the law alludes to those who contended the 2020 election between former President Donald Trump and President Joe Biden was compromised by a variety of methods, including mail-in voting. Historically, American citizens have frequently questioned the results of the election. However, the intent of this legislation potentially criminalizes that speech. That's why it must be challenged as a free speech thing. But it gets worse. Progressive groups in Wisconsin and Minnesota have long advocated for a House File 3, uh, which also makes mail-in voting more accessible by removing the process of mailing a request form for a ballot instead of allowing voters to get a ballot sent to their homes before each election without having to apply by mail. This is mass mailing to everybody you know that's on the voter rolls of an absentee ballot. The bill also gets gives convicted felons the right to vote unless incarcerated. The bill also implements automatic voter registration that registers voters not only when they renew their driver's license, but also when they submit an application for state health insurance, whether they want to register to vote or not. This is what the left is doing. This is what we're fighting. All right? Now, those rules don't make it impossible to win, but they sure make it a hell of a lot harder in Minnesota. And that's, that's something should be concerning to all of us. But if you want proof really everything the left says about elections is just bull. Take this case from England that just happened this week. England introduces voter ID this week. 
There wasn't mass disenfranchisement, disenfranchisement despite leftist hysteria. All right? So we've just got photo voter ID here in Ohio after a long time of not having it because the left would say, it's racist. It's intended to keep black and poor people from voting, which is an insult to black and poor people to make them think that they're so incompetent they can't get a state ID. That, But that's another story. Let me just read to you what this says. The decision to introduce voter ID laws followed the practice of an increasing majority of developed nations. Before Britain introduced voter ID, it was the only nation in Europe that did not have any requirements upon entering the voting booth. Think about that. And here in, Ohio, in America, we're fighting voter ID, and all over Europe, they all have it. Prior to the elections on Thursday, May 4th, Far-left organizations warned of millions, quote, of voters being disenfranchised by the move to secure Britain's elections. It doesn't matter how the government tries to dress it up. These plans will make it harder for working class, older and black, Asian and minority ethnic Britons to vote, said the Labour Party's Cat Smith. On Thursday night, however, the goalposts had shifted significantly with the left... Leftist Electoral Reform Society's Jess Garland claiming one voter turned away is one voter too many. The government must take lessons from the problems we're seeing today at polling stations across the country and face up to the fact that these new rules damage our elections more than they protect them. No, they don't. They stop cheating. And that's what the leftists are bitching about. But by and large, there don't appear to have been problems across the country, quote. In fact, the few people who reported uh, forgetting to bring identification with them were turned around only to return a few minutes later with the required information, said Sky News. There you have it, folks. The left, full of lies. They're trying to cheat. They don't want secure elections. They don't want fair elections. They want elections that favor them. So on that topic, this was really interesting. Watch the Democratic operatives hold a summit at the Spy Museum, how appropriate, to war game the 2024 election. Election organizations linked to billionaire leftist George Soros and Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg acknowledged trust collapse as the fraudulent 2020 and 2022 elections, and they have this meeting. The Center for Election Innovation and Research, CEIR, held a conference at the International Spy Museum in Washington this week to discuss how to restore public trust in U.S. elections. No, they didn't. They discussed, they were discussing how to cheat in 2024. The event called the Summit on American Democracy, which we're not a democracy, we're a representative republic, featured rabid anti-Trump Representative Jamie Raskin from Maryland and panels to obsessively discuss maintaining accurate and complete voter lists and addressing threats and the harassment facing election officials. Now, there were Secretary of States from blue states at this event. And I called our Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, here in Ohio, because he is second in charge of the National Secretary of State's Association and will be the chairman next year. And I said, Frank, did you get invited to this? He said, I knew nothing about it. Well, on this link on our website, if you go to, when I link on our podcast page, I will link to this article. They have all three hours of the event that you can watch. And Frank said he was going to send it around to the members of the Secretary of State's organization and have them investigate what was said at that event to the other Secretaries of State's. Independent journalist Laura Lomer noted that CEIR is linked to billionaire leftist George Soros and Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. 
Founded by Becker, a hardcore leftist activist, CER is documented as being a Soroside advocacy group that provides grants and conducts research to increase Democratic voter turnout in swing states. So the people putting on this event, their stated goal is to increase Democratic voter turnout, not to have fair elections, not to have clean voter rolls. Becker created CEIR in 2016 in response to President Trump's election, which Becker claims was a result of foreign interference, don't you know? Yeah, so they're built on a lie. However, Becker and CEIR clearly have no issue with election interference because in August 2020, less than three months before the presidential election, CEIR accepted $69.5 million from Facebook founder and billionaire Mark Zuckerberg and his Chinese wife, Priscilla Chan to create more mail-in ballot drop boxes in key swing states under the guise of COVID-19 safety precautions, which even the Democrats now admit we're all about getting out the Democratic vote. So that story will be linked on our podcast page, and you can watch that video. I did not have time to watch it, but I'm sure there's some interesting stuff in there. This was another important story kind of you know, out of left field, but there's so much coming at us that you need to know I felt compelled to put this out there. I had actually been sitting on it for almost a week and wasn't sure what to do with it, but I, I finally put it out. What is a 15-minute city? It is something that should terrify you and you should tell everyone about, okay? Now, this is a pretty long article, and so I'm not going to you know, reference all of it. You're going to have to go and look at it. But it's I said, do you know what a 15-minute city is? You should. This is the totalitarian evil against which we fight that is already being deployed in Europe, and they intend to bring it to your community. Christine Anderson, a member of the European Parliament, believes that COVID-19's passports and QR codes that became widespread during the pandemic were test runs towards implementing 15-minute cities in a tightening government control over people. A 15-minute city is a neighborhood where a resident can reach everything they need, such as a grocery store, doctor, and so forth, within a 15-minute walk. Anderson says such cities are beginning to offer tighter government control of people. The government can exert control by deciding you are no longer allowed to leave your 15-minute immediate area. They don't have to fence it in or anything. It will be done by a digital ID, she said, in an interview on the American Thought Leaders program published on April 24th, 25th. If you now fancy another store and it doesn't happen to be in your neighborhood, guess what? You won't be going to that store anymore, she told host Jan uh, Jacob. Like I said, total control is what they're talking about. Those of you who've been around for a while, you know, in the Tea Party movement, this is Agenda 21. Agenda 30 or whatever they're calling it now, they're calling it 15-minute cities. You, watching this podcast, need to go to wethepeopleconvention.org and read this uh, this you know story because they're actually doing this in Europe. And then there's a video from the Epic uh, uh, Times, Epic News, as a video thing that they do. If you're a subscriber uh, to Epic Times, you can watch the video where she's interviewed. It's frightening, folks. This is what they're trying to do to America. This is individual freedom and liberty and prosperity versus the state. This is what they're trying to do to us. This is what we're fighting, okay? And we've got to win or we'll be slaves. It's just that simple. A couple more stories here as we start to get towards the end of the podcast. 
there was this big you know, story after Tucker Carlson was fired because there was this woman that was going to sue them because Tucker Carlson had made her uncomfortable or, or some nonsense. That Abby Grossberg suit against Fox, the press had heralded in a, as a mess and has been pulled, is the story that came out this week. It's only been a couple of weeks and already Abby Grossberg sees her suit unraveling. In all the tumult surrounding Tucker Carlson is being removed from the airways. One side story that emerged was given immense attention in the press. Abby Grossberg is a former booker for the Trump Carlson Tonight, Tucker Carlson Tonight show, and she has uh, brought a suit against Fox News alleging she was coerced to testify in a particular fashion on behalf of the network. She also claimed that uh, Tucker Carlson subjected her to callous remarks and she had to work in a toxic environment. Okay, well, guess what? As a sign of the crumbling foundation of her claims comes the announcement that Grossberg's suit against Fox is being pulled by her lawyers. Another fake hit job. This woman was a Democrat plant intended to get rid of Tucker Carlson, just like they got rid of Glenn Beck, just like they got rid of Bill O'Reilly. This is the left trying to destroy your ability to get the truth, right? Now, Tucker, they've made a huge mistake. Fox News' viewership in the evening is down 50%. Whoa. Okay? And that's a credit to you guys because they can't be trusted. They got rid of Tucker because he was telling you the truth. Now Tucker is free. And he made an announcement on Twitter, and you can watch the whole announcement there, but this is just, you know, the, the bottom, you know, the main you know, reason he did the announcement. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We'll be bringing some other things too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. So Tucker Carlson just announced he's going to have a show on Twitter. Now, Elon Musk isn't saying that he's paying Tucker Carlson, so I'm not sure how the deal works. But the reality is that Tucker Carlson is going to be producing the same kind of stuff he did in his show and those long-form things he did on that Fox News streaming thing, and he's going to be put them on Twitter and who knows where else, and he's going to make a boatload of money and give a lot of us truth that we won't be able to get anywhere else. So we're looking forward to that. But then again, something really strange happened this week with Elon Musk. Now, you guys know... I've, I've supported Musk takeover of Twitter. It's been good. We are back on Twitter. I thank you guys who were on Twitter sharing our stories. I know you're glad to be back on Twitter. Um, but Elon Musk said a while back he was not going to be the CEO because he's running SpaceX and Tesla and all these other things. He can't do everything. So he's going to hire a CEO. So he announces that he's going to hire this woman, Linda Yarkarino. Y-A-C-A-R-I-N-O, Yarkarino, the chairman of Condas Universal's uh, NBC Universal, Yarkarino, 60, interviewed Musk in April about his vision for the social media platform. Yarkarino's biography states she is executive chairman of Klaus Schwab's notorious World Economic Forum, which brings together globalist, political, corporate, and non-governmental organization elites every year at Davos. She also listed herself as chairman of the World Economic Forum's Task Force on the Future of Work, sits on the, its Media, Entertainment, and Cultural Industry Governor's Steering Committee, and is highly engaged with the Value in Media Initiative, which she aimed at reshaping online discourse. 
she's a global whack job. And Elon Musk is going to make her CEO. I don't know how that makes sense. I don't know how that what that's going to do to our use of Twitter. But it certainly looks like a pretty bad choice to me. So keep an eye on that story because that would affect your individual freedom and liberty, right? You're now on Twitter when you couldn't be before so we could debate the issues of the day. And I have loved just trashing Joe Biden every step of the way in the climate cultists. It's been great for me to post our stories from our website on their you know, posts to just trash them. And the left hates it because they're not given free reign on Twitter anymore and we're silenced. We now can fight them on equal footing. Well, will that continue under this woman? I don't know. I just don't know. The bottom line is we know we have to fight. And this is a classic example of what I mean by that. This, you know, We've got all this trans stuff going on all over the country. And this woman in Colorado said, no. Colorado mom sues school after a secret trans group recruits her daughter and does unthinkable things. All right? A Colorado mama bear is suing Wellington Middle School in Fort Collins, Colorado after learning they pulled her sixth grade daughter into a secret transgender recruiting meeting disguised as an art club, don't you know? When she got there, she very quickly learned it was actually a gender and sexuality awareness club. It's a sixth grader, Aaron Lee told Fox News. The art teacher had invited an outside presenter into the classroom that day, Lee continued, and this woman did absolutely unthinkable things with kids. He said, she told the kids, when you're here, it stays here. You can't tell your parents. It wasn't safe, she told the kids. Lee further discussed, the guest presenter informed the kids they were transgender if they didn't feel totally comfy with their gender. She explained to my daughter that if she's not 100% comfortable in her female body, then she's transgender. The secret speaker also told the kids they can refer to themselves as queer if they haven't decided their gender yet, Right? And it ends up that the, the teacher, the art teacher, and her guest, the art teacher was a substitute, and the mystery guests were identified by Parents Defending Education as Jenna Reap and Kimberly Chambers, respectively. Chambers also happens to be the director of Splash, supporting pride, learning, and social happenings, youth of northern Colorado. Reap also works for the Larimer County Department of Health and Environment, which has access to student information. This mama bear needs to sue not just the school, but each of these people individually and this woman's organization. Sue, baby, sue. Make them pay personally. And if you're in Colorado where the left is just running all over you, okay? I mean, we, how many stories have we done where you're losing everything in Colorado? Get behind this mama bear. Help support her lawsuit. If you're a lawyer in Colorado or you know one, Get involved and help pursue these people. You gotta make them pay. When they attack your kids, you gotta make them pay. All right. This uh, this story was sad to put up, but it's because we have to tell the truth, and you're being lied to. This is a very good story. Uh, poll says 78% of trans had mental health problems as youth. The left can't hide the fact that the entire trans agenda is based on abusing mentally ill people and children to destroy the family and our society. There is no trans, folks. There is only mental illness called gender dysphoria. So this story uh, is, is Catholic League President Bill Donahue observed Monday 
that the Washington Post neglected to mention in its news story about its own poll on transgenderism that trans individuals reported a more significant percentage of mental health concerns than all adults surveyed. Bill Donahue noted that the Post's 2,517-word story, published May 5th, covers just about every aspect of the 26-page survey except for the issue of mental health. It's hard to believe this is an oversight, he wrote in his post. In response to a question about whether respondents experience serious mental health programs, problems such as depression or anxiety while growing up as a child or teenager, 32% of total adults answered yes, as opposed to 78% of total transgender persons. There's your proof. Transgenderism is a mental illness, and our society is abusing these mentally ill people for political gain. The communists are using these people to destroy families and our society. We have to stop this abuse of the mentally ill and get them help. Share that story with people you know. Share that story. And we also had another story on our website a while back that talked about 58% of moms of transgender boys who say they're girls, 58% of them have serious mental health problems. Share those stories at wethepeopleconvention.org. I thought this is a good story, but I thought you needed some clarification on what it really is about. Matt Gates and uh, the Southern Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen uh, proposed a, natural stand, uh, a national stand-your-ground gun bill. And I think this is an important thing for them to do, but I don't think you will realize why that is. Florida Representative Matt Case and Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, both Republicans are proposing a national stand-your-ground law against attackers. Um, I, became, I became more convinced that the legal duty to retreat from common law puts the law on the side of the attackers, not the victims, Gates said. And as I've gotten to Congress, I don't believe that the legal duty to retreat as an American ought to be different in Florida and Connecticut and Massachusetts and California, he continued. I think we ought to have national reckoning on the duty to retreat, and we ought to extinguish it with a standard ground law. Now, that's true. And if you're a gun owner and you're in a state where they have a standard ground law, you're glad to have that. Because if someone attacks you or someone bullies you, you shouldn't have to run away. You should be able to stand your ground. But the left doesn't want that. Why? Because they're trying to make self-defense illegal. Do you see how this works? Do you see how the commies work? They've been working on this for 100 years. How are they dismantling our society? Oh, the cops are all racist. So we need to defund the police. So now there's more violence in the community. So what happens? Gun sales go up. Like crazy, right? And now you're seeing situations where people are defending themselves. And what is the left doing? They're charging the people who defended themselves, not the criminal. That's wrong. They're trying to make you helpless so that you have to depend on the state, comrade. And, and, and a classic example is what's going on with that subway situation in New York. Where that Marine, young Marine, subdued this guy in a chokehold on the subway who was threatening a whole car full of people. And two other people helped him do that. And the guy died. He had 40 other convictions of doing crimes. And they want to charge the Marine with murder instead of self-defense. That's the goal 
That's why you got to support the NRA. You got to support the, the gun groups in your state. We have Buckeye Firearms. We support them because they're trying to make self-defense illegal to what? Destroy our country. That's, that's what it's all about. Not an accident. They don't really care about the victims. They don't really care about the criminals. That's all bullcrap. They're lying to you. That's all they do is lie to you. And here's proof of that. You want proof of that? I just said they lie to you. Gavin Newsom closes California's wallet on reparations. For months, we've been seeing this idiotic board in California talking about reparations for black people in California, that you should give them each millions of dollars. To some people are saying $100 million to every black person in California. California never was a slave state, all right? The people living in California were never enslaved, and yet they are talking about paying reparations for a crime you didn't commit to people that weren't victims of a crime. That's the left. That's the Looney Tunes, and that's all about destroying our culture, that making blacks feel like that they were so aggrieved that white people need to pay them millions of dollars, which if you watch Thomas Sowell or, or, or Dr. Woodson, they'll explain to you that reparations is a scam, but it's a bigger scam because, as I said, all the left does is lie to you. Well, Gavin Newsom... When the, when the committee finally finished what they were doing in a news of shocking nature, except it isn't, California Governor Gavin Newsom has demurred on the notion of his state cutting million-dollar-plus reparation checks to its black residents. Newsom said in a statement on May 9th that dealing with the legacy of slavery is about much more than cash payments. Translation, you ain't getting no money we just played you so you will vote for us anyway. That's what they just did. That's what California just did. That's what they think of minorities and blacks. You're stupid, and they're going to use you as they have forever to vote for policies that make you live in these disgusting cities of squalor and corruption and graft and high crime and murder. They're liars. What more proof do you need, folks? What more do I need to show you that they're liars? How much do you need to see? All right, now, some good news. Carrie Lake, we talked about this last week. Uh, Carrie Lake got a win in the Supreme Court. They, they are forcing Maricopa County to review the signatures verification process on 300,000 ballots, an election that she lost by 17,000 votes. So that was a big story. And, and, and quite frankly, the reason, again, to go back, during this election in Maricopa County, they contracted with this software company to provide this electronic signature reading software to compare the signature on the envelope with the absentee ballot with the signature at the Board of Elections. But these signatures would flash on a screen that a person was looking at, which is required by Arizona law, and they had like four seconds or something to decide whether they were the same or not. Totally ridiculous. Did not work. And so they challenged that, and the Supreme Court says you can challenge that. And, and we think way more than 17,000 of these are going to be invalidated. So we'll see what happens that. But there's more news. There's more news. Lake seeks herring after alleged new evidence shows the majority of the vote tabulators failed an accuracy test. 
In Tuesday court filing, Republican gubernatorial candidate Kerry Lake's legal team asked an Arizona judge to reopen the issue of ballot tabulators malfunctioning on election day in light of new evidence that has surfaced. That new evidence says that there was, it was found just now that there were extraordinary findings of misconduct that are directly related to the court's findings on its December 24th order dismissing the claim. The issues are of such an extensive nature that shows that Maricopa officials conducted secret testing on the tabulators on October 14th, 17th, and 18th, that after the logic and accuracy test was certified, 260 of the 446, so more than half of the tabulator machines, failed the secret testing, and those tabulators were then used in the election. The ta half the tabulators failed the security and accuracy test. You think there's nothing to see here? Keep praying for Carrie Lake. God love that woman. How tough is she? How tough is she? She has hung in this. We have donated to her. I ask you to donate to Carrie Lake to help keep fighting these lawsuits because she's not getting any help you know, from you know the, the Republican Party, for instance. But I'm telling you, there's, there was smoke here, and now there's fire. And I'm praying that we're going to get the win we need, that there was election interference that affected the outcome of a major election. That's the evidence we need to give us credibility to fight these other corrupt people across the country and the states where it also happened. Way to go, Kerry Lake. Awesome. Let's see here. This is another important story. 17 Republican attorney generals moved to block, to block BlackRock from buying up utilities, citing ESG concerns. Now, this is really an important story because, as you know, as we've reported, these big financial firms like BlackRock that have trillions of dollars of pension deposits on file are buying into this ESG stuff, all right, environment, government, society stuff, to basically cripple industries like fossil fuels. So here's what the story says. A group of 17 attorney generals is looking to block asset manager BlackRock from making blanket purchases of utilities amid concerns over the firm's activist investing practices. Led by Attorney Gen Indiana Attorney General Todd Roykita, the group filed a motion on Wednesday with the Federal Energy Regulation Commission challenging BlackRock's blanket authorization to purchase large stakes in such companies uh, arguing that the firm is not a passive investor and will use its stakes in companies to push a political and social agenda. Under scrutiny from the AGs is a practice known as environmental, social, and corporate governance, investing, in which an asset manager considers such factors when making investments and does not solely look to maximize financial gains. Critics of the practice have warned that doing so may constitute a breach of a firm's fiduciary duty to its investors. When you have your money with Edward Jones, with Fidelity, with whoever you have your money with, they have a legal duty to invest that money for the best possible gain for you. And when they don't, they're breaking that fiduciary duty. Well, BlackRock and these other ESG people are buying companies and then prohibiting them from doing what they need to do to be financially successful based on the whack job climate hoax ESG stuff. And so the, the AGs, you know, emphatically argue 
that BlackRock's embrace of ESG practices has rendered such claims a farce, saying maybe BlackRock was a passive investor 10 years ago, but today it is an environmental activist. Indeed, BlackRock owns public commitments belie its representation to the commission, meaning they're lying to the commission and should be stopped. We got to stop this crap. Now, those of you who used to watch Fox noticed that even on Tucker's show, these BlackRock commercials started to show up. Well, why was that? Well, Shazam! BlackRock owns a big chunk of Fox. BlackRock also owns a big chunk of Dominion voting machines. So when Dominion sued Fox and won that big settlement, the money went from one BlackRock-owned company to another BlackRock-owned company. Not much of a loss there, but they got rid of Tucker Carlson, didn't they? That's why you should call your attorney general, all right, if they're not one of the 17, and say, we want you to fight this as well. We must fight them in the states, and we must protect things like our utilities, like our grid. And, and we're doing that, and the best case we can give you right now is Budweiser and Bud Light. Folks, Anheuser-Busch is in trouble. HSCB analyst has downgraded Anheuser-Busch's stock over Bud Light sales, the sales crisis. Anheuser-Busch InBev was downgraded on Wednesday by an HSBC analyst who said the firm is now dealing with a Bud Light crisis after the company produced a can with the face of a transgender influencer last month, sparking widespread backlash. Carlos Leboy, with the banking giant, downgraded the company's stock to hold, saying there are deeper problems than ABI admits after the social media partnership with transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney was announced. The way this Bud Light crisis came about a month ago, managed response to it, and the loss of unprecedented volume and brand relevance raises many questions, said this ratings agency. Okay? I asked you last week, I said the problem was the CEO of Anheuser-Busch was a woke joke, and he would not admit that they made a mistake by doing this. He just said, we're so big and strong, we'll overcome it. And they were going to pay their distributors and even the truck drivers who are not delivering Bud Light anymore because nobody's buying it, that they were going to pay them back pay and stuff to make things right. That's not good enough. I asked you last week to continue to push the boycott, and now we maybe need to push it across all the Anheuser-Busch products and teach this CEO a lesson. We need to get this guy fired. We need to show them, you go woke, you go broke. That's what's happening to Disney, too, by the way. Their stock is in the tank. They got all kinds of problems. You did that. We need to keep doing that. We have incredible financial power. The money we have, the we the people have, is way more than BlackRock or the government or the commies or anybody. We just need to use it smartly. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing with this. And it's great. Now, speaking of, uh, you know, of money, okay, I did want to bring to your attention one thing. You will notice on our website, starting this week, that at the bottom of stories, the very bottom of stories, you're going to start to see some ads, okay? Now, we have been ad-free pretty much since we built this new website in 2019. And, and I just don't like the ads because they're kind of junky. But people advise me have said, Tom, you have a great website and you're leaving money on the table by not having ads. 
It's up to your people to go to your website whether they want to click on an ad or not. So, okay, you know, why don't you do something? So what I've consented to is to have ads, but they're all at the bottom of the stories. They're not interwoven like you see on some of these crappy websites. I think our website's integrity is still intact, but I've added those ads. I just want you to know that was a, that was a decision I made to try to help improve our financial situation because last week I, I asked you guys to up your donations because of the fight we're going to have to fight to try to get our, Trump to send his ticket and to get Project 25 going, 2025 going. And I want to thank you folks who did. We have several people that donated over $1,000. We had lots of other people sending hundreds and fifties and upping their donations that they have been giving. God bless you people. I can't thank you enough. We just contracted with an agency to get me, like you saw Larry Ward earlier on TV on One America News, talking, making the case for Trump to send his ticket. We just contracted with a company to book me on local radio stations around the country and maybe on some podcasts and things. That cost upwards of $4,000. We're looking at the Miami Herald for these ads when you're writing these letters. I'm looking at that. And so we're going to need the money. I thank you guys who are able to donate for donating. But I also want you to know we're not just you know asking you for money and not doing stuff ourselves. We're doing these ads to try to help you know bring in some additional money as well. Um, you know I as I remind you every week as Steve Bannon has told us all, if you think they're going to give you your country back without a fight, you are sadly mistaken. We are not mistaken. We are on the case. We are fighting the fight. You are doing that, and I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough. But I will remind you. You have to tell other people about this podcast and our website, and you need to write to me at info at wethepeopleconvention.org, info at wethepeopleconvention.org, and send me your know, stories you think we should cover. Send me links. Send me data. That's, that's you know what makes this show as good as it is. And I hope those of you who watch it for the first time are like, damn, this is a good show. Because you heard news here that you just aren't seeing anywhere else. And you see it connected in a way that it all makes sense. That's what we try to do here. And that's because we've got thousands of you around the country in all 50 states and some foreign countries who send us things that we can then put together into this show for you. We are the new media. We are the future. This is the truth you seek so that you can make conscious decisions about your actions to protect and defend your individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. That's why you're here. That's why we do what we're doing. That's why we fight the fight we're fighting. All right? Now, remember, you know, there's a, a, a video on our website about how do you remember? Well, short-term memory is a tough thing. When you're watching our podcasts or any of the videos on our website that we post during the week, you can stop. That's the great thing about you know, these, these podcasts that are recorded. When you hear a story on our podcast, you can just stop when it's over and think about it before you go on to the next story because that will put it into your long-term memory. It takes You have to do that. There's science that shows that, and there's a video on our, in our video section about that. So don't be afraid to stop. And then, as I showed you in, in the advertisement in the middle of the show, you know, we put links to every story that we do to the original article so you can follow up. 
So you can always go back and find just that segment. And don't forget, you can download the show right to your own computer. And if you want, cut out a section of it so you can put it on your Facebook or on your, they won't put, let's put it on Facebook probably, but put it on Twitter or put it on other social media or put it on your website or use it in your podcast. It's there for you to use. We're in this fight together. We're all working together. Okay? I can't thank you enough for coming here and, and, and watching this podcast, for being a member of our organization, for fighting the fight alongside me and all the other members of the We the People Convention. I can't thank you enough. These are the most serious times in our lives. We are really up against it for 2024. But I am confident that we're going to win. I'm confident that we're going to make the effort. We're going to pay the price that you need to pay for victory. We just need to keep working at it and never give up. Okay? Never, ever give up on America because there is nowhere else to go. There's no better place that's ever been created on this earth, for sure. I hope you have a good week. I hope you stay in good health. If you're not in good health, I hope you get better. I hope you'll be back again with me next week. And I hope to God that I'll be here with you. God bless you and God bless America. You've been listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. Yeah.
by the way, I want to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. All you moms out there, we love you so much. You make our country great. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Hope you'll enjoy the weekend.